Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee with my special James T. Kirk uh, reboot mug with the stylized uh, Federation symbol. Mmm. Yum. So, here we are. Today is Tuesday, March, I don't even know, March 16th. I had to like create the file for this and I put in the date and I'd already forgotten. For some reason I was wanting to jump to March 23rd, which is not a good sign. Uh, <laughs> I did get in my 3000 words on uh, Sorcerer's Queen yesterday. So, uh, one down, nine to go. I need to get 3,000 words a day for the next two weeks. Keep lighting those candles. It worked yesterday. I woke up early yesterday. Um, I'd been trying to get myself ready for the uh, leap forward time change. And um, I, I did wake up early yesterday. I, I woke up almost too early. Um, I woke up at like... 4.30, which was 3.30 according to my body clock, which should have been go back to sleep time. And instead I laid awake and read because I wanted to try to get, you know, back to waking up earlier, you know, not, not uh, slide forward with the time change. But today I slept long and didn't wake up till about 6.20. So now I'm running behind. So my mom was texting me and asking me questions and I was like, she thought I didn't sound perky. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to get all the things done. So that's what I was doing, Mom. Um, so let's see. Let's do earrings. Oh. We did go for a walk this morning. My nose is running now because it's um, chilly. We're supposed to get an inch of snow this afternoon. Uh, I am wearing the blue fused glass earrings, very like the red ones. Not quite as long, but still the dangling ovoid shape. And I really do love these. They, um, it's a deep blue glass with some iridescent paint. There's like a crescent moon and stars. And then maybe, a, I don't know, like a silver full moon at the bottom. They're pretty though. I love these earrings. I like the red ones too, but you know, I, I really do like blues and greens. I've to figure out, I'd saved, um, my, my Ireland earrings, my Irish earrings for tomorrow, but I don't usually do Wednesday podcasts. So I'll have to um, decide whether we do a special St. Patrick's Day podcast. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to get into doing Wednesday podcasts, but that could happen. So the funny thing on the internet yesterday was um, apparently on Fox, they said that they were calling upon Generation X to stop cancel culture. That's what they call it, cancel culture. Um, that they were like, it's going to be up to Generation X to step in and stop these horrible millennials and Generation Z from like trying to get rid of the horrible things that baby boomers want to do, which is essentially what I think they mean by cancel culture. There, you know, there is no such thing as cancel culture. It's uh, the, one of the best things I've seen about it is people saying, um, pointing out that there, 
that conservatives are all for free market um, until it operates in a way that they don't like. <laughs> Basically, cancel culture is simply using the free market uh, to, you know, vote with your dollars, right? So um, the... <laughs> So I'm going to use my sleep here. I know that's terrible. So um, it was just really funny because uh, Generation X, of which I am a proud member, if uh, at the top end, uh, theoretically, Generation X starts in 65. I was born in 66. Uh, David would not be... Um, Generation X, he would be Generation Jones, which nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> but it's it's really very funny to watch the my uh, cohort, the Gen Xers, respond to this with gifts from '80s movies, <laughs> uh, like from a lot of them from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, also from Star Wars. Uh, there was a really good one with uh, you know Gen X responding to this by showing Luke handless clinging to the whatever that thing was the antenna in the Death Star with Darth Vader holding out a hand going Luke I am your father <laughs> Luke's like fuck y'all <laughs> I think that's how Gen X is feeling some people were joking about that Gen X doesn't really care which has always been our supposed to be our thing and it's like I think. Gen X, <coughs> we are officially the smallest generation. There's fewer of us than all y'all. Uh, and, you know, we grew up in the shadow of the baby boomers. And the baby boomers have been telling Gen X all our lives about how we're just not, we don't care about anything enough. And it's like, no, we just don't care about what you care about. <laughs> I mean, that's the great irony about, like, this sort of call to, to Gen X to, to corral the millennials and Generation Z. And I haven't seen anybody else really pointing this out, but I have taken, I don't know, not umbrage necessarily, but I have chortled to myself on occasion when millennials point out how, I don't know, bad things were in the 80s, like, feminism wise and so forth that um you know and saying oh well you know that you have to be nice to these older people because uh you know we really did have it bad or that i've seen variations on this kind of thing about like the gen xers not being woke and i think it's really funny because generation x we are the parents of the millennials and generation z my stepchildren are millennials <laughs> Um, most of my nieces and nephews are millennials. Uh, we, we raised these kids. And I think that's the part that gets left out a lot of the time is that the way that the millennials and Generation Z behave are the way that Gen X raised them to be. I mean, from... I, you know, I very deliberately taught my stepkids those values. You know, vote with your dollars. Uh, Yet, you know, I think we saw a lot of the turmoil and demonstrations of the 60s that our parents went through and so forth, and the divorces of the 70s. I guess we're the least parented generation because of, 
you know, the wave of divorces, which I'm totally behind, you know, it's like a lot of those people needed to get divorced, especially the women to um, escape the patriarchal marriages that they were in. But, <clears throat> you know, I think that we really grew up with this set of ethics of, okay, we're we're not going to march. We're not going to, I mean, maybe we do some, but I think we saw what works and what doesn't work. And I think we really learned that free market system. And I think we, maybe because we're a small generation, you don't notice us and how we vote with our dollars, but we, we sure as hell have taught our, our kids. And uh, I don't want to say grandkids yet. Cause like my grandkids are, you know, still like, 10 and 12 years old, the oldest ones. And I've, I've got older grandkids than most of my friends. So I, I know I'm at the top end of that wave too, but you know, like our kids. Um, and I know that we stand back and we're so amused by how the millennials and generation Z are using their weight, the way they are using TikTok to, um, swamp out <laughs> Trump's rallies and that kind of thing. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very funny at this point to have this, um, maybe generation X can do something about it. Like <laughs> us. Oh, did you finally notice us? <laughs> uh, so yes, enjoying all of those gifts and so forth. And yes, I'm running behind. Maybe I'd better tell Dorinda I'm going to be like five minutes late because I know you guys wanted to hear the story of how I ended up in uh, Santa Fe. Dorinda and I have had a um, a slow road getting back together. We've both been just crazy all over the place, but I'm very much looking forward to working with her today. Uh, five men late. All right, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what I wanted to say. I know that was a little bit of a tangent on Generation X, but, you know, proud Xer. Uh, as proud as we get about anything. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Generation X has always been talked about as being slackers, and I think we were always kind of taken aback by that accusation because it was like, we're not slackers. We're, <laughs> we just have this um, kind of a zenness where, you know, we're just going to kind of quietly go about our thing. Uh, oh, Obama's Generation X. Michelle and Barack, Generation X. Uh, we're just going to quietly do the right thing. <clears throat> and we're going to and we taught the next two generations how to do the right thing. So, yeah, uh, don't be calling on us to help you now, conservatives who are terrified about being uh, held accountable for their shittiness. I guess I didn't stop with the political rant. Do we have time to tell that story? I don't think we do. I mean, I save this story because uh, I'm already at nearly 12 minutes. I will tell the story of how we ended up in Santa Fe and how the uh, universe worked. Maybe we'll do the bonus episode tomorrow.
because I do have some other things that I could talk about in the meantime that aren't ranting about Generation X. This is a short thing. Um, and I can get rid of my sticky notes on it because this is also has go-go's on it. We already talked about go-go's. I loved hearing all the responses on the go-go's. Uh, lots of commenting and lots of people chiming in and going, yes. And I thought it was funny how many people commented that they knew the go-go's music but didn't know it was the go-go's playing the song. Um, I think they, those gals really got screwed over. That's really unfortunate. So there was a bit of a crash outside. I think a bird flew into the window. They, they fly in all the time and they're fine. It wasn't like a terrible crash. So uh, one thing that's interesting about you guys keep asking me how Dark Wizard is doing because you're all invested now and it's it's doing great. Um, I've been calculating the sales I figure sales per day since release. That's one of my metrics. And that's if you want to track the success of books, that's a really interesting metric to get. Um, I track uh, numbers per day and dollars, numbers sold per day and dollars per day, uh, which can be really interesting because you always get this peak when a book releases. Hopefully you get it. If you don't get that peak, then you've got bigger problems. But, you know, you get a lot of sales initially, and then they trail off. And I think that the real test of the success of a book is how well it endures, how well it perseveres over time. And one way that I do that metric is, is these numbers per day since release. And so I can see that... Um, in fact, I wonder if I can get to it without messing anything up. Let's see here. So I can see that Dark Wizard, since release, is averaging 53 copies per day, whereas Golden Griffin is averaging 18 copies a day. Uh-oh. Did I turn off Zencaster? Oh no, sorry. Okay, it's fine, it's fine. It was like the wrong icon on the bottom. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just Gen X here, Gen X and technology. Actually, you know, that's not carp on Gen X, but um, it is kind of funny because, you know, a lot of, like I learned to program on on DOS. You know, we, we learned a lot of that technology early on. It hasn't always been easy to keep up. But anyway, um, so that's a big difference in numbers sold per day. And, and it's staying up. It hasn't trailed off. And it's very interesting for me to look across all of my books over time. Let's see what Dorinda says. Um, since I'm a couple minutes away, she'll probably say, oh, she says, okay. Um, it's interesting to see which of my books across my entire backlist um, have the best numbers over time compared to uh, days since release. It creates a little bit of a false numbering system. I don't know if that's 
I'm not phrasing that the way I want to, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, when I have books with advances, because then I actually have um, a negative number because <laughs> I have all of this money that I've made, but a negative number of days since release, right? Because the book hasn't released yet. So it'll sort of create this big spike. And then when the book releases, then it looks like a very, very false high because all of a sudden all of that advance money is like one day since release, I've made all of this money. Uh, but it equalizes fairly fast, surprisingly fast. And I know that a lot of the um, self-publishing uh, fanatics would use that as a way to say that, you know, see how you make so much more money self-publishing than you do traditionally publishing, which is not always the case. Um, it, it depends. It depends. Um, sometimes if you look at the hard and fast numbers, it looks that way uh, that I will have birdies hopping around outside. They're getting ready to build nests that they're, will objectively be that I've made more money on a self-published book than on a trad published book. If you do those numbers straight across the board. But if you look at dollars since release, uh, it can be really different. And I do think it's um, interesting to look at. So yeah, it's interesting to see that Dark Wizard is maintaining this high number so far. Cross our fingers, it keeps going. Go little book. Uh, but the other interesting piece of this is that I've been noticing, you know, like a lot of times I, I think a book is doing well, depending on how often I see stuff on social media about it. Um, because it's always gratifying to see stuff on social media, right? You know, I love seeing the bookstagrammers sharing photos and I love seeing, um, you know, like the reviews and people tagging me on stuff and posting stuff. And so it's tempting to see, to judge a book's success by that. Um, it's kind of the, in, the attention meter. But what I'm discovering is that the attention meter, because I do have this kind of A-B test going right now, is not accurate as so far as actual numbers sold. Um, if I look at Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince, which came out January 25th, and then more or less, I, I think they both came out on the 25th. Dark Wizard came out on February 25th. Anyway, almost a month apart. I may have a day more or less there. But because Golden Griffin was in, I think because it was in that Faro Feb month, fantasy romance, February, uh, there was a lot of sharing of that cover. It was also a really pretty cover and a bright cover, but I saw a lot of social media stuff on Golden Griffin. <laughs> These towhees are just going crazy outside the window. I'm trying to figure out a place to build this nest, I think. You guys are going to have to chill. It's that snow this afternoon. We're supposed to get an inch of snow this afternoon, so... Uh, <laughs> That's, I, I, I think it's funny when people comment on liking this podcast. I, I don't know what's wrong with you people, but um, saying, oh, you know, she talks about writing and publishing and also the birds. <laughs> there we are. We're right on brand. Um, 
but with Dark Wizard, I feel like I have not seen nearly so much of, of a splash. You know, like I don't see nearly so many bookstagrammer posts about it and that kind of thing. But obviously the sales are sales numbers are much higher. So I think that's a good lesson because it is tempting to it's tempting to fall for the attention. You know, we always want that. Um, we, we live in an attention economy, right? You know, social media has made us just crave clicks and likes. And, you know, if, if we're not getting those, we start feeling like something's wrong. And it's, it's not reality. It's, and it's not even one facet of reality because I've really discovered in this particular test that it, it doesn't really reflect much of anything. Isn't that interesting? So, all right, I'm going to get my little tiny perfect rear in gear. I wish. And, <laughs> and I'm going to get to work. I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday. Look for a special St. Patrick's Day episode. Um, my, my ancestors may compel me and we'll tell the special story tomorrow. And I'll remind you that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all later. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>